You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the MyMac Podcast, episode 568. What are old Macs good for? You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 568, as my special co-host uh, just, just said just a moment ago. And I'll leave out what I said right after that, because this is a family-friendly show. Now, I, he's, he's not... Family-friendly are two F-words, by the way. Just, that, just, that's you know. right. That's, it is. <laughs> as is fire truck. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, okay, there's a joke that goes along with that, but you can't really <laughs> say what the joke is without... Getting yeah, past family friendly, so so we right. won't. Now I usually, you know, like last week I had Carl Madden from the Mac and Forth podcast on here, and we had a great time, and it was it was good because I'm so used to doing this show with someone from England. Well, now obviously, Dave, you're not from England, nor However, have I ever visited. Oh, it's a great place. I've been there countless times. Um, but you are from New England, newer, shinier, and better. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it's not like new Coke, new England. It's just new England. No, we weren't actually just a marketing ploy. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're a real thing. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like, that. yeah. Come visit new England. We're not just a marketing ploy anymore. That's right. Oh. Uh, now I, I'm going to use that too. I just, that, that was an on the spot thing. So I, I'm <laughs> that good. That's, great. The, that's the end of my wit for today. Thanks for having me. And oh, we'll see oh. you. Yeah, the, the, the recording is still very, very young, Dave. Oh. Very, very young. Oh. Uh, now, as far as techie stuff that I've done this week, uh, are you keeping up with the uh, 10.11 betas for, I, for I El Captain Kirk? El Captain Kirk, yes. Yes, I am. I installed, as, as I do uh, every year. Actually, this time I did it when I got home from WWDC only because I had some podcasts to record while I was out there and I was only there for a short time. So I didn't do the install on the ground there, but I did it as soon as I got back. I only put it on my air. Uh, I have a 2011 MacBook air, which I, which admittedly is now getting, you know, long in the tooth in some level, but not terribly. So, and El Capitan runs fine on it. So yeah, it's on that. I have not updated to this most recent beta because uh, I, it's been a crazy week and I'll probably talk a little bit about, uh, some of the craziness at some point here. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I've, I actually installed, I have a 2009 15 inch MacBook pro that I, uh, maxed out with eight gigs of Ram and I've got a 480 gig SSD in it. And, uh, I'm running the, I guess it's the fourth public beta for, right. uh, for, oh, so you're running public betas. Okay. I'm running developer betas. Yeah, so. you know, I had actually long, like, before they started doing the public betas, uh, I did sign up for the developer betas just so, or for the uh, developer account, just so that I could get the beta and, yeah. and try it out, just because, you know, I, I'm, well, I guess I was, I was willing to spend a hundred bucks to run software that won't work with all of the stuff that I want to do. Yeah. 
That's right. But it is yeah. good for what you do here, right? I mean, it, yes, it's it good is. to run this stuff. And I will say this for for anyone that has an interest. I mean, obviously Apple's doing the public betas now and you're not missing out on much by by doing the public betas versus the developer betas. Uh, maybe some timing, but otherwise, basically, I think you're getting the same thing. Uh, it's now, instead of it being 100 bucks to join the Mac program and 100 bucks to join the iOS program, it's 100 bucks to be an Apple developer now. So, so it's, it's half the price that it used to be. Oh, I um, didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize that they could, because, yeah, when, when I had signed up for it, you had yeah. to choose between the two or sign up for both. Well, the, and, and it's, it was only at, at WWDC this year that they, they merged the two. It actually happened before that. I noticed thing, things got a little wonky. It was like, wait a minute. I, you know, it said you, you have to renew, and then that sort of went away because one of mine was, you know, one of mine was like a September renewal and one was a May renewal or something. And, and it just sort of, it all, it all happened before WWDC, but they announced it officially and, and said, yeah, what you're seeing is right, so you're good to go. Yeah. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I mean, that, that's basically the only real techie thing I've done this week. So what cooler, funny techie stuff did you do this week, Dave? Well, so this week I lived in what is called Tech Week. And so it's a perfect time for me to be on this show, with the exception of the fact that Tech Week this week meant, uh, is, is, is meant in theater terms. I, uh, oh, yeah. I, well, my, my son does, does theater, so I understand right? what that means. Yeah, so I, I, I'm uh, playing drums for uh, just about half the performances of a local community theater production of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is a oh, killer. Nice. Yeah, that's it, a good it was show. A gr- it was a great movie, and it really is a great show. It's a lot of fun, but it's really hard. Um, and I've got a sub, uh, well, sub, it's, that's actually the wrong term. I've got, I'm splitting the show with another drummer, because the final week of the run, I was unable to, I, I'm just out of town and, and they really wanted me to do the show. And I said, well, I, I can't, so, but this guy can, and so we'll split it. So even though I'm around tonight, he's playing the show tonight and uh, just to keep him in the flow of things. And so we had a couple of rehearsals this week and then we opened on Wednesday night and, and things have been going really well. But uh, to, to get to the, the techie side of it, um, I figured it would be really handy if Matt, the other drummer, could at least hear some of how the show has evolved in the last three days. Because even though he was there for the last dress rehearsal, he hasn't been there for any of the actual performances yet. And his first time being there for a performance will be with him playing it tonight. And things right. change, right? Now, oh, I've kept very much so. Very much so. Yeah, if you, if you go see a theater show, unless you're seeing it, you know, more than two weeks in and even then... There are changes happening every single night. Now, some of them are subtle, like, okay, you know, the band dropped down at this part, you know, got to highlight a vocal line or, you know, something. Or it's, hey, we're cutting, uh, you know, 16 bars of this number or we, we're adding eight bars to that number, you know, catch up. It, you know, there you go. And so I've kept really good notes for him and sent them to him, but I figured it, it would be helpful, especially on some of the trickier numbers where there's some, this is not one of those many theater shows that I've done you can play the drums sort of along with the show and sort of hide if you, if there's a spot that you don't know well. It's not a good idea to do that, but if you, you know, the show must go on, right? Right, right. There, and, there and are, that, that's the magic of live theater. That's the magic of live theater. The show does go on. It's not that it must, it's that it does, and it will go on whether you are ready for it to do so or not. Exactly. And, 
And this show, there are moments like that for sure where, you know, you can sort of hide and sometimes I have to because we don't hear very well in the pit, especially we don't even hear each other very well in the pit. But, well, uh, t- but t- timing is essential. Yeah, I know. I've, I've asked them to get a monitor in the pit and, and it, actually they started to do it last night. We didn't have enough time and, and we hooked it up one way and it buzzed. And so we couldn't do that because that's bad. Right. But, um, it, you know, but there's a couple of moments in the show where the drums have to interact with the performers and it is critical. If it doesn't happen, like major parts of the show are going bomb. to seem, yeah, it's a bomb. That's right. And so I figured it would be helpful for this other drummer to hear how those went after we've been doing it for a few days, you know? And so I recorded the show last night. I thought, well, this would be great, but I didn't think about recording it until, oh, you know, during the curtain speech of the show. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If had I planned ahead, I I could have maybe put a microphone in a better spot. And so I just, I saw, I had my iPhone there. Now, and I can also talk about how I've been, uh, how I do shows like this off of my iPad entirely. I don't use a paper book. But, um, but for the purposes of this particular aspect of the story, it, it, my iPhone was right there. And I thought, you know, I have, now you have the voice memos app, but the problem with the voice memos app is getting data out of it. Yeah. It is, yeah, it, especially once, once a file gets to be very long, it will not share it. Right, it it just won't. You have to go in with something like iMazing or iTunes and pull the data off of the phone via USB or, excuse me, or or Ethernet. And it, you you know, if you tell it, you take like a thirty minute. I've done interviews with people, and I've done it into the voice memos app because why not? And then I go to email it to myself or share it, and it's like, oh yeah, this file's too long to share. It's like, what are you talking about? I, how do I get it off of the device without having to have to having to have a Mac to plug it into? And that's crazy to me. So I use an app um, that I downloaded from a company called Rode, or actually I downloaded it from the App Store because that's where you get them from. But uh, Rode built it. They are a microphone vendor, and they have some fantastic microphones. Yeah, I use uh, a, I use a Rode Podcaster. Oh, there you go. Right. I, I actually I use one of those down uh, in the office when I record podcasts during the week. And it's a, it's a killer microphone. It's great. It is. They make an XY microphone for the, it's called, I believe it's called the iXY. It's for the iPhone. It plugs right into your lightning port. And it's a great stereo mic with the right XY pattern. It's, it's great. I did not have that with me last night because like I said, I planned to do this starting about three minutes before uh, the big downbeat. But that was okay because I still had the app and the app works with the built-in microphone on my iPhone. And you can all get this app. It's free. It's called Rode Recorder. And the nice part about it is a couple of things. Number one, it solves the aforementioned problem because it exports to many formats and many paths. You can FTP somewhere. You can publish to Dropbox. I think it would even publish to SoundCloud, right? I mean, it's got... But it definitely publishes to Dropbox, which is what I do with it. And it's yeah. like perfect. I don't I think, have, I think that's what most people do with something yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's great because you don't need to plug it into a Mac to do anything with it. Now, ironically, I actually did that this morning because it was the, the fastest way to get the data off of it in a way that I could edit. But I had options, right? The other really nice thing about it is I knew that I was going to be, I couldn't get up and go put my iPhone somewhere else because the curtain speech was happening, right? This show was about to start. So I knew that I was going to be recording from somewhere within arm's reach of a drum set in a pit. 
you know, where, where things get <laughs> oh, loud. Great sound quality. Okay. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. The iPhone's microphone can take high sound pressure levels. The problem is most apps don't account for that. And so they take this, this high level and boost it, and it all sounds overdriven and, and, and crummy. The Rode app actually lets you set the microphone gain on every recording. And so I just set the gain all the way at zero. I figured, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be louder than, than that. Right. So I just set it all the way to the left and it worked out perfectly. I listened back to it this morning. You can hear, well, I was going to say, you can hear everything. You can hear everything that you're going to hear if you're sitting at the drum stool, which is what's actually important for this guy to hear before he shows up tonight. Right. Uh, um, And he can, you know, also hear what he doesn't hear and get, Hey buddy, get used to it. You know, you got a three hour show to play. So sure. Yep. Um, So the app worked perfectly. And then I pulled it off. Uh, I pulled the data off. And the reason I pulled it onto my Mac as opposed to pushing just to Dropbox is I forgot to stop recording after the show. And so my, my, uh, dad and his, my dad and his wife were there. So I had this whole conversation with them with my phone in my pocket that was recorded. And it wasn't until I got in the car that I realized, oh, that's funny. So I didn't need to push that to, to Matt. So I used Fission from Rogue Amoeba. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the best part about Fission is I save these files as MP3s. Wait, wait, wait. They have an iOS app for Fission? No. No, no, no. That's why I pulled it to my Mac. To edit, okay, okay. Sorry, I, I missed that. No, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was home by the time I thought about doing this, and I thought, well, it's easier just to, you know, USB it to my Mac, and then, and then I can deal with it from there, and I'm using a mouse and all the stuff that makes editing audio really easy. So I did pull it onto the Mac, and I edited with Fission. And the nice part about editing, even an MP3, a compressed file with Fission, is you, you, you can do simple edits, like, chopping out a section, which is what I needed to do, without it recompressing the file. This is magic. You know, MP3s are these kind of all self-contained things, and you can't change anything in them without recompressing losing the f- without losing something more, right? And, and with this, you, it, you know, you just edit and you hit save, and it doesn't go through the compression process. It just saves, and it is lossless, lossless editing of an MP3. That's not to say that MP3s are lossless but it is a lossless edit. It does not change the data that's left in the file. And so I did. I, I edited them with, the, with that, and then I up, uploaded to SoundCloud, and no, they're not public, and no, you wouldn't want to hear them anyway because it sounds like crap. I mean, well, it, and, it and sounds the thing good. Is, it's because the it's, mix. Because it's a Broadway show, you couldn't post it publicly anyway. No, I could not. That's right. Yeah, this you is know. all copyrighted material. Yeah, right, and so right. I'm just sharing it with Matt, and that's it. Yep. Yeah, but I know Tech Week, Tech Week, in in shows like this is can be very very important and if there's a um uh not so much a mishap but if there's a miscue between what's going on stage and any interaction with the band that it yeah it can it can totally destroy uh, a moment like for example my my son peter his senior year in high school uh they did spam a lot huh, and yeah and he was he was king arthur Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at one point they're they're all you know, all the knights are together and they're and he's and King Arthur is trying to explain to them about the grail. And and you know, they're all like, Well, what is God can't find a cup? You know, what's what's you know, why can't God find this cup? And he and he's like, No, no, it's it's a metaphor, it's a symbol. And as soon as he says that, somebody in the drum pit has to hit a symbol. 
at which That's point right. they all stop and look over at the band kind of breaking the, the third or fourth wall between what's going on on stage in the band. That's right. And yeah. it's a really funny moment. But if that symbol doesn't happen, then they basically stop, look over at the band anyway. And everybody's like, what? Huh? You know? And so, yeah. so tech week to get moments like that. And, and in most shows, especially musicals, there's a lot of moments like that. So, and, and this, this show, dirty rotten scoundrels. I mean, it, it's, it was adapted. It was a, it was a movie with Steve Martin. Right. And, right. and then it was adapted for Broadway and the part of Lawrence was so Steve Martin's uh, uh, teacher essentially from the movie was played by John Lithgow. Oh, now wow. if, if I, I there's a guy Lithgow. who has, who has made a career of breaking the fourth wall, it's that guy. <laughs> right? yes. So, so because the part was built around him, whoever plays the part and obviously it's not John Lithgow doing it, but it's this great actor yeah. named Steven. Uh, I can't remember his name, but it, it's a, you know, he's fantastic, but he has to do all this stuff. Like he's in the middle of a scene at one point and somebody's saying, Oh, we're going to get married. And he's like, what, you know, they're talking about the wedding and he stops and he comes over to the, you know, to the, the conductor, to the, the piano player. And he's like, excuse me, did I miss a scene somewhere? You know, it, I mean, this, this stuff is funny, but like you said, it, you know, it has to happen. And I've got, so I have gunshots that I need to trigger that happen with, you know, in sync with things on stage. And there's some kind of vaudeville, there's like a hearkening back to a, a vaudeville style thing with, where there's some slapstick stuff where I've got to hit cowbells that, that happen because of something that happened on stage, not something that's happening in the music. Right. So and, somebody has a fever then. Yeah, that's yeah. There's a there's a fever going on. All right, yeah, that's right. So it, but it's you know it's that kind of stuff. And so, so I figured it would be good for Matt to hear, especially a couple of these key things. And that's why I recorded it. It's funny here, you know. We get off on this tangent, guy, and yeah. I get into the mode of how far can I let this go before I have to bring it back to something about the Mac or or iOS. I'm the guest here. I shouldn't be worrying about this stuff. Uh, well, honestly, this show, you know, if this show wasn't called the MyMac.com podcast, it would be called the Tangent Show because we just go that. off, we just go off on all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it, like I, when I was doing the show with Carl last week, we must have talked for, for 20 minutes. And I think we've probably gone close to that now on just the very top section of, of, of these show notes that, that I've created and we eventually work our way back through the rest of the stuff. Sure. But, you know, if, if I'm having a good time and the person that I'm talking to is having a good time, you know, the show notes can, can go, you know, right out the window and that's you know, right. And yeah. other words that we can't say because yeah, it is a family friendly show. And so, so now we've actually broken the fourth wall here. Haven't we, we have, we have, yeah, it's perfect. Well, I'll tell you what, um, let, let's bring it back down. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. I got something. Let's bring it back down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm going to go over to uh, the, some of the articles over recent articles over at mymac.com. Uh, the first one is Maxpiration Basics uh, Force Quit by Yanni Dankalo. Uh, have you ever had a Mac app stop responding? Usually this leads to a spinning beach ball. If this has happened to you, there is a quick an easy way to fix it. It is called force quit. Now I could go through the, the rest of this, but then you might not go over and read the article. So go over to mymac.com 
Find Maxpiration Basics, Force Quit by Donnie Yankalo, and check it out. Uh, why don't you take the next one there, Dave? Uh, where, which one am I going to here? Is the this Lucid, Lucid Press? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Lucid Press is the uh, top publisher for Mac alternative. Uh, replacing Microsoft publisher for Mac is not easy. You could download something expensive like InDesign, but it's not nearly as straightforward to use. We suggest you try an app called Lucid Press instead. It's intuitive, Mac-friendly, and there's even a free option. Lucid Press employs drag-and-drop technology, which makes it simple to design posters, business cards, brochures, and flyers. Like Microsoft Publisher, Lucid Press has a large library of templates that can be quickly customized to create original content. There are even templates for creating online collateral like Facebook cover photos or blog header images. That's actually a big deal right there because it's a pain in the neck to find out what Facebook's current cover photo size is. Yeah. And tie- it, that's really handy. I like that. Yep. And uh, I don't have it here in the show notes, but I just went over t- very quickly over to MyMac.com to see if there was anything else added since, since I put these show notes together. And by golly and by gosh, there is. Uh, iRig MicCast, an ultra-lightweight portable podcasting microphone review by Chark Mapple. Uh, being on the road and trying to keep up a schedule of recording a semi-daily podcast, yeah, I've been there, with above-average sound quality, yeah, that's every week too, was providing a challenge until the iRig MicCast landed on the doormat. An ultra-compact, lightweight, and incredibly affordable microphone for your travel bag, the MicCast is ideally suited to the challenge. Now, you know, Dave, I actually have an earlier version of this. and. Yeah. Uh, the last I, I've talked about this on the show a couple times. Uh, the last three MacWorld expos that I went to, I actually did not bring a computer. I had my iPhone for video and audio recording, and I had my iPad for actually doing podcasts and writing and all the rest of that. And uh, an iRig mic, because you, you know the very first year that I tried this, uh, I had my. Audio Technica, uh, what is it? The the 2020, the USB mic? Yes. Okay. And I had, I think I was using at the time an iPhone 4S. So I had the uh, the 30 pin to USB, you know, the camera kit connection. The camera kit connector, which is so much more than a camera kit. It, 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 like you described it, it is th- 30 pin or lightning, d- d- depending on your yeah. use case, uh, to USB and then it can be used with a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things. Well, as it, it as it turns out, I couldn't use it with the AT, with the Audio Technica microphone because it didn't put it up, put out enough power. Right, the AT twenty one hundred and the AT two thousand five, both of which are handheld and more importantly dynamic microphones, will work with the camera connection kit if someone is is interested. Yeah. Um. So. What I, I'm trying to remember, oh, what I ended up doing, it did work with the iPad, however. So I was doing, I was walking around the, the show floor doing audio interviews, but instead of holding a, a nice little tiny iPhone in my hand, I'm walking around with this big, huge iPad. And, and this, a microphone. And a microphone trying to do all these interviews. And I had actually, you know, here we go, tangent again. I had stopped by the, the blue microphone booth. And uh, I don't remember the woman's name who was one of their PR people. Hillary Money? Yes, yes. 
And she gave me a, a small microphone that I could use with the iPhone. And as I walked away, she was probably thinking, oh, I'll never see that again. But I made sure that at the end of the show that I found her and, and gave her back the microphone <laughs> just because I'm, I'm one of those, you know, stupid, honest people. So it's the right way to be. It was probably the, Mikey, the, right the, the first version of the Mikey digital or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, and yeah. it's not a bad little microphone, but the, uh, the iRig microphone here, I'm working my way back around to it again. Yeah. The, an earlier version of the iRig microphone is what I got for the next year. And, uh, that is, that is actually, you know, especially considering how noisy, uh, convention floors can be, that is actually a very good microphone for doing things like that. Well, the, and I have not used it, but I'm looking at the article that you're talking about here on my Mac.com. And I noticed that this mic, at least this version of it has a gain switch. Yes. Uh, it, it, now it's a fixed gain switch. It's either low or high. It's not variable. But that's going to make a huge difference for you, assuming it's set to something that, that works. It, when you're doing something where you're close micing people and not wanting to get the ambient sounds, uh, setting the gain lower and then just simply moving the microphone closer to its source is what you want. And I mean, I did something similar to that last night. I set the gain lower for different reasons. I knew I was going to have high sound pressure levels coming in. Uh, regardless of, of where I placed this thing. <laughs> right. So, but you know, it's that same concept of you want to, you know, you want more source, more signal than noise and actually setting the gain lower helps with that. Uh, condenser microphones, which I'm sure this is uh, condenser microphones in a general sense are not the best for doing uh, that type of, of thing where you're trying to get someone's voice and not pick up everything around it. Uh, which is why I, I am a huge fan of dynamic mics. And I know you're yep. on a, a broad podcaster, which is a dynamic mic. Uh, it's one of, it was one of the very first USB dynamic mics, but the audio technical ones that we mentioned, the 2100 and the 2005 are also dynamic mics. Make, it makes a difference. And, and it, it sort of naturally keeps that, that gain lower in a sense without getting too, I don't know how technical you want to get. We, I mean, we could do, you know, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, you have, we'll leave it there. Well, consider, yeah. I was going to say consider the audience, but no, it's more like consider the, the host. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I have struggled for years to have I, consistent audio quality on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it just, because I also have, I have a uh, Sapphire 14.8, which is a Firewire device. Yeah. And uh, I went out and I bought an MXL 990 which is uh, an XLR microphone. And uh, that actually worked really well. But the, the problem with the Sapphire, uh, I don't know if you've ever used one before, the software they have for it, for, for configuring the inputs and the outputs, is terrible. It, now, why it, would you even need software for it on a Mac if it's a FireWire interface? Shouldn't the Mac just see that it's got all these things and you don't need software. That's one of the beauties of a firewire audio right. interface. Right. But I was oh. also, I was pumping the uh, Skype out because I was trying to do it without using Soundflower. So this was a purely oh, hardware setup with that. Got yeah. It. Okay. So I had, I had an output from my, an, you know, a, a, an analog output from my computer going into it from Skype. 
Yep. Uh, another analog output from my computer going into it from soundboard. And then I do of course, the same. That's what I do here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. to configure it in such a way that Skype is only going to hear my microphone and soundboard, but still pump out all those various things back to my Macintosh to record on separate tracks and garage band. Right. I mean, oh. oh my God. It's, it's horrible. And yeah. you know, okay. why, why can't there be a simpler type interview? You know, you know the, the best it, as, as much as I like audio hijack and I do love audio hijack, the absolute best interface that I can recall ever for inputs and outputs on a computer was wiretap anywhere. The UI for that was awesome. Just yeah. awesome. Yeah. It yep. stopped working because, well, well, it, yeah. And it, and it never <laughs> actually worked well, even when it was working. Yeah. Um, it's actually, this is actually, like Ubercaster all over again. Yeah, exactly. Well, this <laughs> is hard. This stuff is hard to do, you, you know, and, and to be fair, the folks at Rogue Amoeba tr- totally grok how to do this. They've spent a lot of time inside core audio and frankly, a lot of time inside the audio drivers prior to core audio. So they, they, you know, they've done a lot of the hard work and, and there's still, there's still things to do and, and they know that. But, um, I, I will say though, that the UI of audio hijack, the current version three point, well, I guess 3.2 just came out this week is leaps and bounds more intuitive than audio hijack 2.x before it or audio hijack pro 2.x before it it yeah, really the ui you know, is much better yeah you can see the flow of things and literally see the flow i mean you you, you can without you bouncing around things, a bunch of different windows and you connect two things together and you can like literally see where the audio is is flowing because the the things that light up the blocks actually or the things that connect the blocks light up in relation to how much audio is flowing through them it it that part of it is oh it's killer it's so good it makes it so much easier to show people how this how works. to do something you, yeah you previously with I, I always said with audio hijack pro you needed to know how to do it in a completely analog setup and then as soon as you understood that then you could go in and you know quote unquote wire it up inside audio hijack pro but you had to you know learn how to how to translate that. Whereas this, there's no translating. You just put blocks in place and, and literally wire them up on the screen. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do like yeah. it. Yep. Um, if you would like to write for mymac.com and frankly, who wouldn't after that stellar reading from Dave and me, all you have to do is contact John Nemo, Nemo at mymac.com, send him a sample of how you write. And let's get you writing for the mighty, mighty, yeah, here I go, DJ voice, mymac.com podcast, yeah. Um, it's yeah. more like Hans and Franz DJ voice. Oh, does it now? Okay. Well, certainly, um, <laughs> hold on a second. La, 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 la. Much better than this. Much better than that. <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much. I guess I'm just a goofy guy. Uh, over in G plus in reference to last week's topic on bad Apple reporting. Uh, and you may remember Gaz, he's a, uh, a an occasional co-host of this show. Uh, he said, uh, referencing the middle section, I'm not defending the analysts. As you know, I'm not a fan, but Apple has constantly underestimated the sales of their products. This has led the analysts to create predictions closer to their actual results. Remember, the analysts are not adjusting the stock price on what has happened 
more in what they think will be happening. And in an after note, he puts in, and yes, they should all be shot. <laughs> now, you know, I was really looking forward to having you on the show this week because of, of this next post that I actually put in. Uh, all right. Be, because a v- quick tangent here. After I'm done recording and editing the MyMac podcast, uh, I export it out of GarageBand to my desktop, from the desktop to Levelator, just like pretty much everybody else. And then I take the, the, the Levelator adjusted um, file and I drop that into uh, iTunes, where I then use iTunes to convert it into an MP3, which is, you know, okay, that's fine. That's what a lot of people do. To, but to, uh, we're going to come back to this because I'm going to teach you a better way. Oh, please do. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, but once I'm done, because something that I do, I, I listen to the entire show before mm-hmm. I release it or before I put it into Dropbox and tell Tim that it's ready to go. So, uh, I, I go into, you know, I, I click on the MP3 file that I've created from the AIF file in iTunes change it to a podcast. And then what I used to do was sync that to my iPhone because typically where I have time to listen to it is in my car uh, to and sure. from work lately. However, it's not syncing. And when I go into podcasts in iTunes and I look at, cause it usually just creates a, a new podcast for that particular file. Sure. Uh, I, it, it won't sync. And when I actually look at it and I, I'm trying to subscribe to it, the subscribe button is locked and I cannot change it. And I don't know why it's doing this now. Huh? Well, is it that you are using iCloud to sync your podcast subscription file or, or, or data And therefore, and this podcast is not one that can be subscribed to, right? I mean, you've created it locally, so there is no subscription data for it, and therefore it will not Uh. not sync, right? So if you go into iTunes and go into store, sorry, iTunes preferences, and and then go into the store tab of the preferences, you'll see there's actually two settings that might matter, but at the bottom there are five checkboxes. The second one is sync podcast subscriptions and settings. If that's checked, that might be causing this issue. Oh, so if I, if I don't subscribe to iCloud, all of my podcasts, because I mean, I sync, I sync yeah. my iPhone every day. So any, right. any new podcasts that actually come in through iTunes on my computer would get synced. So it, unless I'm traveling someplace, and a podcast sure. comes out while I'm traveling, in which case I can use Dropcast or something like that. Yep. Then if I turn off the iCloud setting for podcasts so that it doesn't try to sync those to iCloud, then maybe that will turn that off or right. allow me to start syncing them again. I, you know, I, it, I it might. I mean, you know, I, iTunes, yeah, iTunes gets, it, so there's a lot of moving sometimes. parts to iTunes. And when one thing changes, it sometimes has a ripple effect. So that, that this may be that I, I will know just because we're here and it's important, this syncing of both podcast subscriptions and settings, and then the, the checkbox, 
check box above it, which says sync playback information across devices. Those, when they are synced with, you used the term iCloud, and I, I understand why you said that. It, and, it, and I guess in Apple's world, it might be iCloud that it's syncing with. But really what it's syncing with is your iTunes store account. Right. And this is, if you, in the days before a family sharing plan for store accounts, a lot of people shared, uh, had their own iCloud accounts so that they could sync calendars and contacts and mail separately from one another. But everybody in the house shared a single iTunes store account in order to purchase all these things. Well, that's the account that synced your podcast subscriptions to is that second one, the iTunes, whatever you're signed into the iTunes store as is what syncs your podcast descriptions. Not relevant to your problem, but relevant to the discussion of, of what this syncing is actually. So many problems that I have. Some not even related to technology. Yes. Yeah. Well, don't welcome to the club. We've got jackets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And t-shirts, hats. Yeah. You got it. Certifications uh, of, of sorts. <laughs> Prescriptions that must be filled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, well, Eric Diaz uh, replied saying that, and I will, Dave, I will check that. And cause I don't have iTunes yeah. running at the moment. Cause when I record the podcast, you know, tangent, tangent time, I, I need something to soundboard, you know, now, uh, mm. um, uh, God, what's his name? He he did our Gaz's tips theme, which we'll play a little bit later. Nick Hall, yeah. Nick Hall did uh, all on his own without any prompting uh, a Gaz's tip and a closing theme for Gaz's tips, which which nice. everyone will hear later. Um, but apparently, I need one for tangents. So when I'm when it's obvious that I'm about to flow into something that has nothing whatsoever to do with what I started talking about, that I can just hit that, let everybody know. Okay. Uh, for the next five minutes, guys going off into la la land. So, you know, go to the bathroom, get your drink of water, get whatever it is you need to do. <sighs> and, you know, and just like that train of thought, completely gone. What the hell was I talking about? I've lost, I've lost my complete train of thought. Well, you were going to go on to a tangent uh, about the iTunes thing before you read Eric Diaz's deal. Uh, and then you got onto a tangent about tangents and theme songs. And now I have no idea where you were going to go. But okay. That's yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just go back to Eric since I can't remember what it was I was going to say anyway. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. See this, this is why I need medication. Uh, Eric Diaz and talking about the iTunes problem that I was talking about about 10 minutes ago said that he hasn't seen that, but he ditched the podcast app for downcast after some frustrations with the Apple app. The worst one was one day it decided to use an old list from iCloud or something and deleted half of his feed subscriptions. Uh, Michael Cassell replied that he used Downcast for a couple of years now, but it delights in revealing little enhancements when I bother to look at the the settings. Uh, His favorite one in recent months has become the top and tailing of podcasts. I I don't know what that quite means. So I cut out the intro and outro blurb and he says, sorry, guys. Uh, last thing in G+, we would like to welcome Joshua Martinez to the My Mac Podcast G+, community. And for that, Josh, I would like to sincerely apologize in advance. <sighs> Over on it's, nice, Twi- it's nice of you thinking about your, your <laughs> yeah, people like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes me wonder why any of them actually sign up. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it's we you know, we have a Facebook page. And other than posting 
the, you know, whatever the latest podcast is to it, there's like almost no activity there. But G plus the one that everybody says, Oh, that's just for geeks and hardly anyone's using it. We get all kinds of great stuff. Mm -hmm. G plus was the first community we did like that. And it was instantly a, a success. I mean, just crazy. Uh, and now we, and then after that, we, we started a Facebook one too. And, and that one's actually doing quite well. Uh, um, and there's activity on both and there's some overlap between the two, but, but for the most part, they are separate deals. And frankly, uh, many times there's far more activity than I can keep up with, but G, but yeah, the G plus is for that kind of stuff. Their interface is better than Facebook's for yeah. the community stuff. I think. Um, there's more people on Facebook for sure, but um, just in a general sense, not necessarily in our community. But And, and yeah. you know, I, I hate generalizing, but it just seems like the people that have gone to the trouble to make a G plus account are a little more tuned in to doing things like that. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, let's go on over to Twitter. Why don't you take that first one? Well, now I have to come back to Twitter and I was yeah, looking to at this, your, to the show notes. Yeah, no, I, I have them here. Uh, Saranac <laughs> is confused over Gaz filling in for Carl on the Mac and forth podcast while Carl fills in for Gaz on the my Mac podcast. Dude, yeah. you want to talk about being confused? Look at where I am at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, you, Hey, you said you would do it, Dave. So now it's too late. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it. It is it now. It is actually too late. That's correct. That's right. Yes. It's your own fault. Uh, it we, is my own fault, <laughs> and, and no one was more surprised than I. I you, you asked me if I could do this, and my schedule for this weekend was just slammed. And I thought, well, wait a minute. My wife and daughter are staying overnight at the lake on Friday night. They won't be back until about noon today. I've got some time this morning. Now, you know, I could like actually use that to sleep or do anything, you, you know, that I, that might that might actually be healthy for me uh, after a crazy week like this. But no, hmm. I thought, well, I'll do the podcast. I got home last night and I realized all the, I'd left all the uh, lights in the house on. So I parked over here. My, I parked my car in the garage in the studio here and I did some stuff. And, uh, and I walked across to the house and all the lights are off. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't just make, I know it's been a long week, but I didn't make this up. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is not good. You know, who's in the house? So I light up that I come in the downstairs and the cat's howling at me and things are weird. I'm like, somebody might've broken in. This is not good. And so I'm, I creep around the house and I finally get like upstairs. I have my son's uh, large iPad in my hand, which is what I'm using to do the show. Cause I mentioned I was using the iPad to do the show. Yeah. I'm because like, most, to- most burglars are deathly afraid of iPads. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to, you know, give somebody a good whack with a, with a, <laughs> you know, a full size iPad in a, in a, in a hard case. And, uh, and then I hear my daughter's voice. They came home early. So, uh, so then I was like, wow, I really did. Um, you know, I, I'm like, what are you guys doing home? I got to do that podcast in the morning. Like, yeah, we wanted to come home. Like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> um, also we, uh, I had some back and forth with Alistair Jinks over what was once a very promising podcasting tool called Ubercaster, which you and I were talking about earlier. Yeah. And yep. lastly, Mark Chappell is apparently a huge fan of Carl and Guy Rance. Now, actually, you know what? Uh, to go back a little bit, uh, I, I know we're running really super long, but I, you know what? This, is, this has been great, and I don't care. Uh, you were going to tell me a better way 
to oh, yeah. listen to the podcast after I record it. Well, I was going to tell you a better way to process the podcast. So you described a, a very common thing that we even used to do uh, for Mac Geekab, where you, you create the show in whatever you created in, uh, you know, GarageBand or however you record this lossless file. And then you pump that file through an ancient tool called Levelator, which still works, uh, that goes through and really kind of smooths out the, the peaks and valleys of the audio so that when you listen somewhere like your car where there's some background like road noise, uh, everything is where it needs to be and you're not constantly diving for the volume knob. That's what it does for you, the listener. Levelator's great for that. And then you take the output of Levelator and you bring it into iTunes where you add your metadata and all of this stuff. And some of that can be scripted and, and between us, even Levelator can be scripted if you know how to access it from the command line, but I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> and, and all of that's great. Uh, and, and it's the way we used to do it because there was no other way to do it. And, th- and then you would take the resulting file from iTunes that it, you added your metadata to and can then convert it to MP3. And then you would take that and upload it wherever you want, Dropbox or your FTP server, you know, wherever sure. you're going to put it. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there were a one-stop shop to do all of those things? There yes. is. Yes. It's called Authonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. It is oh, an send, online send, service. Send me a, uh, a link to that. I will. Yep. It's an online service. They also have a Mac app um, that, is, uh, that I've actually never used because the online service is, is really what I want. I upload my, my file. I now record to Apple Lossless, which is about half the size of an uncompressed AIFF. Okay. Uh, but you could, you could record to anything. I just record to Apple Lossless because I know I'm going to have to upload whatever it is I've created. And so I upload this file to Auphonic. They, and then I, from there, I can add my artwork, my show title, all my stuff. I can even add chapters if I want, which is oh, now nice. how we're doing it. Yep. Right. It you, can't, it, you can't do that in GarageBand anymore. No, that's right. Um, you, it, it automatically, or it has as part of it, a levelator style tool that works just as well, if not better than levelator. And you can tweak some of its settings. And then when it's finished, it uploads it to the location or locations of your choice. And of course you can create like a preset so that most of the stuff is filled in every time. And most of the settings are where you want. And then you just go and say, well, this is the title of the show. And this is the you know, the date or you know, whatever you want to change, but all the other stuff, including the, the chapter image or the, the chapter, well, the chapter image is part of it, but just the show image and all of that are right there. It's, I think we wind up paying with the amount of processing we do. And we do a lot at Mac observer. Uh, I think we wind up paying about 20 bucks a month for it. I mean, it's, it, it just not a lot of money and it does all of this stuff in one button click. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So there's my, there's my, uh, it, it has changed our workflow here. It is the reason that we are now able to 10 minutes after we've finished recording, release both the MP3 and the AAC, both of which now contain chapters. Chapter yes, marks. MP, yep. MP3s can contain chapter marks too, even though iTunes doesn't show them to you. Most podcast players will. So yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Wow, that is, that is just amazing. Okay. Well, yep. you know what, Dave, um, we have gone on so very long in this section and uh we need to take a little break so uh everyone please stand by to stand by and dave and i unless he comes to his senses we'll be right back
David I, Macintosh, and I'm here to tell you about a book written about me and my search for the Maltese Cube. Yes, it's a fine book. I think you should get it. Quiet, you. It combines technology, Mac trivia, action, murder, suspense. Oh, just tell them where to get it. I'll get to that. Romance, film noir detective fiction. I can't stand it anymore. It's called the Maltese Cube, and it was written by my Mac writer and podcaster Guy Searle. Find it on Amazon. It's only $2.99 and coming soon to the Apple's iBook store. Don't forget, it's the Maltese Cube and so inexpensive. You know you're not in it, right? I mean, the next one, right? Sure thing, Louis. You know, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Get the Maltese Cube on Amazon and soon in the iBook store. This is Carl Madden from the Mac and Fall podcast, and I do listen to Guy and Gaz ever since I found out it counts as community service. Welcome back, folks. I hope you enjoyed your break as much as we did. Clearly, I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. Otherwise, I would have stayed doing whatever I was doing. But we are back because <laughs> we're going to have how you doing, guy? I'm by, doing fine. By, by the way, welcome to the show, man. It's it's yeah. a pleasure to have you. Oh, yeah. it's so great to be here, Dave. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about uh, this is like, like this is like Mac stock all over again. That's right. We're going to talk about what old Macs are good for. Old Macs. What is old it Macs. good for? Absolutely yeah. nothing. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I appreciate that that we have uh, enough of a a similar background where things like that do not go unnoticed. It, it's no. Well, I, I actually I think I'm about ten years older than you. I'm gonna I'm, you know, and so many people are so weird about talking about their age mm. on these shows. We had um, uh, uh, he since passed away. Um, God, what was his? He was big in DC Comics. He was doing. Uh, like the, some of the anime series, he was involved with the Justice League series, and I'm blanking on his name. But we we actually had him. This is back when Tim was doing the podcast. Uh, we had him on the show, and as we were talking about DC and, and comics and, and animation, all the rest of that, I just kind of casually said, well, "Well, how old are you?" And he got like really kind of weird about it. And, and at the time I was like, well, I, I don't care. I think I was like 48 or 49. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn 50 in a couple of years. I, I, I don't care. And you know, this year, as a matter of fact, next month, I'm going to turn 55. There you go. And you know what? It, all it basically means is that in spite of all of the stupid things that I do on a daily basis, I'm still alive. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm 40. How old am I? I will be 44 in September, so next month now that it is August. Oh, yeah, mine's Um, the 9th. I won't ask you what this is. Oh, it's the 24th. It's fine. Okay. Um, Yeah, so, uh, but, Well, actually, if I can interrupt for just a second, I have discovered, or I have deduced why so many children are born in August and September. Well, go ahead and share your, your, your deductions there. New Year's Eve. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that could well be. Yeah, sure. That, that, sure. That's, that's what, I have, what, what I have deduced. Anyway, go ahead. 
Uh, I don't know what I was saying. I don't care. Well, yeah, I do know what I was saying. Uh, it, I, it's better than the alternative, right? Turning 44 is better than not turning, turning 44. 44. Exactly. And I do believe that. I mean, there's, there's times when I say, you know, like I, I always use that same phrase when I say, well, I, you know, I've been really busy. It's better than the alternative. And, and I do believe that, right? I mean, it's true. I'd rather be busy and have, have work to do than not have work to do and not be able to support my family and all of that. But I, in that one, I always followed up and say, I guess I'll let you know when I test the alternative out, you know, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But well, the I, alternative I, to I, I plan on having, I plan on having a blog post from the grave. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'll be able to tell you about when I test the alternative of not yeah. having a birthday. Yeah. Right? Apple's so, going to do something with that. It'll be called the, uh, the eye grave. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, yeah, that, uh, that went that went weird. <laughs> yeah, very very just, quickly. Just because I made a but uh, an Eric Burden reference, right? What was that song? Oh, War. Yeah. Who who uh, who sang? Oh, it was the Temptations did that, right? I think so. I don't have. Um, well, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it was it was a uh, Motown song from the I think the early seventies. Uh, I, I said Eric Burden, Edwin Starr. Yes. The one who wrote it. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew it wasn't Eric, Eric Burden, Burden was with the animals. Yeah, it was with the animals. And I and I knew that. I just I, it was it was the E thing. And I also and I knew the temps covered it, obviously. So yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Well we're we're here to talk about music apparently. Actually, no, we're here to talk about what are old Macs good for. And speaking of music, uh the first thing I have here on my list is uh something that old Macs are good for is to be used as a media server. And depending on the size of your Mac and how much space you have available, uh, you can turn it into an iTunes or Plex headless media server. You can always route back to it from your current Mac through your network to allow you to update it and and things along those lines. Uh, If it's something as small as a Mac mini, uh, why not connect it directly to your most used TV set and set the player of your choice to automatically start up on boot of that particular computer? Yeah. Uh, no, a Mac Mini with especially, you know, those that have HDMI ports is killer for that. It's it's a it's a fantastic one. People ask us this all the time, should I get, you know, a Mac Mini or a Synology kind of thing to manage my media library? It's like, well, you know, you're going to need all that storage at some point, so the answer might be both. But the Mac, I mean, a Mac mini is a great media server because it's a Mac. So you're not limited to, you know, whatever, uh, whatever box the, the, the other media server is, is, has to live in, right? You know, it's right. not like a Roku. It's not a limited. Roku. It's not limited. It's not like an Apple TV that's limited, right? Yeah. You know, you want to run uh, Amazon Fire Stick or, or yeah. Roku or anything along those lines. And the Roku is of all of them pretty much the the you know the the least limited. But I mean, a Mac Mini is a Mac. At the very yep. worst, you fire up a web browser and you can probably play any media that exists out there that you would want to stream or 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 what have you. So yeah, but the UI of it is not perfectly conducive to a remote controlled experience. Um, you know the the clicker. I don't. I don't mean remote like remote access. I'm talking. No, no, about, I know, you know what you the, mean. The, the clicker in your hand experience. It's not perfect. There are some apps that that obviously are are built better than others for that. Plex is one of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a great a great use of that tech. Yep. 
And you can get like 2009 to 2011 Mac minis from various sources mm-hmm. and, and just turn them into, it's something I've actually considered doing because I have a, uh, I guess my, my video library that I have stored in iTunes is it's well over two terabytes and trying to, you know, I, and it basically means that since the, the Mac pro that I'm actually using to record the podcast with is the computer that those drives are connected to. I have to leave this on all the time if we want to access that iTunes content someplace else. And I, God darn it. Why won't Apple just release like some kind of way to use a, an airport or airport extreme to route your iTunes content to the various places in your local network for whatever you, it is you, you mean, want to use it for. You mean like hang a drive off of your airport extreme or put your iTunes content on your time capsule and let that be an iTunes server separate right. from your Mac having to be on. I, yeah. You're preaching to the choir. I mean, yeah. It I, makes no sense to me why they haven't already done this. Apple, you know, it's funny because as I mentioned, people ask us about Synology or sometimes like the Drobo 5N or, or, or a QNAP unit, you know, a, a, a traditional NAS, right? And, and we could argue the merits of calling each and every one of those a NAS and, and all of that, but we're not going to because they all do all of that kind of stuff in their own ways. They can be an iTunes server, but only for audio, not movies, because Apple locks that down and, and there's right. understandably, right? And all that stuff. Apple, no one ever asks, you know, what NAS should I get? Synology, QNAP, Drobo, or Time Capsule? But <laughs> that... But that is a valid inclusion in the list of network-attached storage devices. This is a standalone device that can live on your network. It has storage. It has network connectivity. And it has a freaking CPU inside it. Yep, and a USB port. And a USB port. So why are we not – why is the the smartest thing that it does is acts like a router, right? Which is great. Don't get me wrong. But here we're we're squandering – the opportunity to do more with this little box because Apple won't put uh, hard, you know, won't put software on it that lets us do things. Now, granted, the CPU is is not beefy enough to do a lot of the things you might want to do, but it could be a little smarter. I mean, the one that always comes up for me because it's a time machine, it's built for backups. Why in the world is it the dumbest backup server in the world, right? And, yeah. and here's here's the thing, right? And I, I've ranted about this on our show before too, and and I'm sure I'll rant again because I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> Why is it that Time Machine, all the work, all of the work is done on the client, right? The the, the your Mac creates a disk image from from across the network on the time capsule. It basically treats the time capsule like a dumb storage location somewhere. Really, what should happen is your Mac should just say, hey, time capsule, I'm Dave's iMac. Here's a bunch of data. Save it. And then the time capsule should do all the work. And then that way, if the network connection gets severed, your backups don't get this weird corruption thing going on. Yep. The, 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 the amount of storage that's being used across all the backups could be managed by the time capsule. I know that its CPU is powerful enough to do that. So my rant's finished. Okay. Um, yeah. But actually... In that same kind of vein, uh, the second thing I have here is a home server, yeah. which, which would solve a lot of the problems that you're talking about. 
Uh, well, sort of. Sort I mean, of. time. Yeah, you'd have to run Crash Plan because Crash Plan actually does that properly. But you could run Crash Plan on an old Mac and solve that problem. That's yep. right. So yep. turn it into a repository for your entire house for documents and backups, or even uh, a remote web server for you to dial back home to without potentially opening up your main computer to the rest of the world. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it, your old Mac is an honest-to-goodness computer. And here's the thing, having, having run websites uh, for years and, and all of that, the hardware, even in, like you said, a 2009 or, or, or even older, like a 2007 Mac, is more powerful than, you, than the web servers that run a lot of the things that you probably connect to on a daily basis. It doesn't take a ton of hardware nope. to do this. Yep. Nope. Mostly, it's mostly bandwidth. It's bandwidth, yeah. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. Uh, the, the third thing I have here is keep an older version of OS 10 on it, or even going back to, uh, to earlier, you know, OS, uh, like the classic OS for programs that don't get updated for whatever the new OS is, uh, games are useful. Utilities are two good choices. Many good games going way back didn't get updated for OS 10 or for when Apple switched to Intel processors. Uh, however, with something like this, eventually you'll probably find that it, it's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. You know, I had, yeah, some, I, I, you're better with virtual, you know, uh, some sort of virtualizing to do that sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have here is put Linux or windows on it. Now, of course you can do the same thing with a VM, but how geeky is it that you can run other operating systems on older hardware without messing around with what your current Mac is currently capable of. Especially when, when you consider that practically every computer other than the, the current Mac Pro that Apple sells, for the most part, for the average person, is a sealed system. So you can't just slap a bigger hard drive in it or add more memory. And you know why Apple has gone this route for the sake of aesthetics is beyond me, but that's, that's not really the subject of, of what we're talking about here. Right. Uh, right. You know, you can use bootcamp and as a matter of fact, you can use a uh, bootcamp with an external drive connected up to your computer. But if all you want to do is just mess around a little bit, you know, check out whatever, you know, Ubuntu or lime or, or one of the other distros of, of, of Linux that's out there is doing, uh, and you don't want to, you know, add on to the complexity of, of your current setup. Well, that old Mac will run it just fine. Same thing with uh, with Windows. If, if your Mac is probably from at least 2009, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, you could put Windows 10 on it and, and give that a spin. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's a real honest to goodness, you know, Intel machine that can run that. Yeah. And if you, if, and I think the only other thing you might need for something like that, if you don't want to buy extra monitors and all the rest of that is some kind of KVM switch so that you can switch between the, the two different computers with, you know, whatever mouse and keyboard and the rest of that, that you have connected. Mm. to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, some interesting solutions with KVM switches now with, with, you know, network ability. I mean, they, they, they're really complex if you want them to be. Yeah. Yeah, but for something like this, it's it's relatively simple. It is, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the next thing I have here is a free from, and this is something that would certainly apply to me, a free from distraction computer for whatever tasks that you just can't seem to be able to do when also connected to the internet. And in my mind, this would be a, a better choice for older laptops as compared to desktops. So like say you're a writer and uh, you you want to sit in a, a room someplace without any distractions and you yeah, you can kind of do the same thing just by turning off all, you know, all of your your various connectivity um f- from whatever machine that you're currently using now. But sometimes you just want to sit down and write and you you don't want to have to do a lot of configuring and and an older laptop would be a good machine for something like that. That's an interesting point. Yeah, because even if you just turn off the internet stuff uh on your on your existing Mac, you know, just kill Wi-Fi, and if you're not plugged in, then you're not connected. It, you're still, you still have all of your stuff there, and and I, you know, I mean, I yeah. find that problem like with my iPad. If I just want to read on it, I start, you know, a notification will come in, or I think about, oh, I could do this other thing, and I don't even have to put the device down to do it. The same is true of your computer; it has all of your stuff. Whereas if you have, you know, an older machine that's not perhaps not worth selling, and no one else wants it. You can, like you said, build a purpose-built app. You know, it's not a purpose-built computer, but it's a purpose-built software setup for one thing. Uh, that's not bad. Or you could do the, uh, you know, the Edward Snowden-style air-gapped computer with it. Where you <laughs> like, no, seriously, right? If you've got some stuff that you don't, like many people don't want their banking data to be even, you know, remotely accessible to the internet and so have a computer that is air gapped meaning never connected to a network and that's where they keep their you know financial data and that sort of thing and and the only way they get data from that to another machine is using you know like usb sticks or or something where where there's you know there's never access to it when they don't you know physically plug something into it so that that could work too okay uh the other thing i have here is a test machines for things that might potentially do harm to your regular computer, like Flash. Like or, Flash. Or should Flash just die a horrible, fiery death? Um, it probably needs to. Yeah. Flash! I, I, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be so bad if the CPU... You you know the, the the CPU requirements of it weren't horrible, and if it had some semblance of not being Swiss cheese, I mean, I know it, <laughs> Adobe updates it all the time, but but it seems like there's these constant exploits. It it was a really good idea for what it was designed to do, which was not anything on the web. Right, fifteen years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's just it it you know it it's run its course. Time got, for it to go away. Yeah, it's time. We for have it to HTML five now. We do. Yeah. And in, in my mind, the absolute best thing and most useful thing that you can do with an old computer is to pass it down to someone who doesn't have a computer or that the computer they have is even older than the one that you have. And my only caveat to this is that uh, be warned that this could lead to a lifetime of free tech support. But that too, I, I mean... the. That's not a bad thing. It is a frustrating thing and an interruptive thing at times, yes. But if you've done a nice thing and handed a computer down to someone, 
you can continue to do a nice thing and help them make the most out of it. Yep. Yep. Um, that's, uh, do you, can you think of anything else there, Dave? I think I threw most of them in along the way, but no, that that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, my old computers have all been number seven, right? Because they just, they, they hand down through the family and. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Same here. And, yeah. And it's, it's great. And yes, it is a lifetime of free tech support. That's, that's not, it, it's not a could lead to it. It's a guarantee that it would lead to because <laughs> it doesn't leave, the it doesn't leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it just goes from one room to the next. You got it. But it's okay. also good. You, you know, I've, I've had, I mean, we've put SSDs in all of those machines now because they're older and, mm-hmm. and that's a great upgrade. If you're yep. going to do something with an old oh, Mac, yeah. man, you put an SSD in it, it will make it feel like a new computer. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. You know, so, as, as, as an aside, uh, I was telling you about the 2009 MacBook Pro that I use. Yeah. Yeah. I, picked, I picked that up off eBay for $400. Exactly. And it already had eight gigs of RAM put in a, a you know, f- basically uh, 500 gigs of SSD goodness. And it, it flies. It does everything. Like I was using it to do podcasts when we were in Chicago. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, so that, that's a nice thing. And then the other cool part about it is all those upgrades and it, invariably things happen like the power supply and one of the IMAX sure. died and we have to, we had to fix it. And I've had both of my kids, my son and my daughter. My daughter is actually a pro at taking apart uh, IMAX now with the, you know, the whole thing with the, the, you know, the suction cups and pulling yeah. the screens off and all of that. She loves it. And it's, it's actually been nice little, you know, father daughter bonding moment and all of that, you know? So there's, there's number seven goes, goes a long way, my friend. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, neither one of my kids seem interested in technology at all <laughs> other than, okay, well, let me go see what's going on here and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're all experts at social media, yes. but, but the hardware part of it, uh, that those genes have not been passed down. Yeah. I, I don't know that my kids would do any of this stuff on their own. My son m- might, um, but my daughter, I would, I mean, if she does, it'd be great, but she certainly enjoys the time we spend together doing it and cert and definitely isn't afraid to get her hands inside of a, a computer. So, I mean, you know, whatever she does with her life, is, but she's at least got that, you know, she's yep. Good. Yep. yep. Anyway. So I think that's going to do it for this section, Dave. So right. once again, I am going to remind everyone that we will be back for a, a third section. So, so don't leave just yet. And uh, I will tell you right now that what you need to do, uh, besides going to the bathroom or getting a drink of water, is to stand by to stand by. And Dave and I will be right back. Hey, Tim. Uh, Tim, we're going to do the show. I'm, dude, I'm playing Boba Fett pinball, man. But Tim, it's time for us to record Tech Fan. Well, this is about. Oh, dang it! Oh, I went in the Sarlacc pit. I hate when that happens. Tim, um, Tim, my. I know you like pinball, but we need yeah. to do our show. We okay. need to talk about technology and, and gadgets uh, and even video games, even pinball. And, oh, did you say something about pinball? Yeah, I did, but you weren't listening. Mm, I think I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, uh, Tech Fan. I think it's going to be a solo show. Go Boba Fett. Oh. Huh? I'm sorry. I'll put this down. What? Let's record a show. It's the Tech Fan Podcast, right here on the Stoplight Network. 
This is John F. Braun from the Mac Geek Gap Podcast, and there's no terminal command known to stop Guy and Gaz from making podcasts, but there should be. And welcome back, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 568, and Dave Hamilton, against his better judgment, probably, is still here. And, you, you know, Dave, co-hosting the, the MyMac podcast has done many things and, and for, you know, done many things for people and many things to people. Uh, but for the most part, what I usually find is at some point or another, what they do is nod their head. Hit it. Gassy's tips. Mostly. Gassy's tips. Mostly. Gassy's tips. It's time for Gassy's tip. Well, not so much Gaz's tip because, you know, he's not here. Um, no, he's not. Is he? <laughs> his tip, his tip is the one I should have taken, which is not be here. Go. <laughs> <Yes, right. Yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I hope everyone is enjoying this time with Dave Hamilton because chances are it won't happen again. <laughs> I would love to do this again. Okay, I know. I yeah, know. this is it's, a blast, man. Yeah. Uh, my tip is, uh, have you ever found yourself connected to a wireless network that you didn't really want to be connected to? Uh, disconnecting from that network used to mean going in and turning off Wi-Fi or going to system preferences and, and going through all the hassle there. However, there is an easier way to turn off that unwanted data tap by holding down the Alt or Option key, depending on what kind of keyboard you have on your keyboard. And then selecting the Wi-Fi the Wi-Fi symbol in your menu bar. The currently connected Wi-Fi network will now show an option to disconnect from that network. Now this only works in OS 10.10 Yosemite. So if you're running some other earlier OS, you'll probably have to do it the old-fashioned way. Now, does that take it out of the list? that um that should you know so that it won't reconnect to that one again in the future i doubt it i mean you know yeah. how that works dude i don't know if you heard the most recent mac geek uh, I had yes probably, i did yes i did yeah okay i knew where so, you were going as soon as you started and well, everyone, I, I, everyone I listening to this show imp- should be listening to the mac geek gap because it is an awesome show with john and dave thanks you rock <laughs> i had I, my most emphatic rant ever i believe in 10 yeah. years of podcasting um <laughs> Uh, yeah, about that list. But that, I wasn't going to go there. I was just curious if it's supposed to remove it from that list. There's an issue with syncing of that list that we're not going to get into here. No, I, I think it My just blood dis- pressure. Dis- dis- <laughs> Ooh, careful. Disconnects it. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> well, that's cool. So yeah. I, I'm guessing that it, that it connecting to all these or continuing to connect to all these networks makes you nod your head. It does make me nod my head. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Tips. And we're off like a herd of turtles. Um, the reason, if for whatever reason, Nod's head, Dave, has become like a, a bit with Gaz's Tips. I see tips. that. Yeah. So yeah. No. We, I picked we up on that. It's subtle. But I picked up on the fact that it's a bit, yeah. Because it's in the show notes. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, my app pick this week, and I have picked this before, but it is such an awesome little app for what I use it for, which is mostly creating the graphics for uh, the MyMac.com podcast. And it is Acorn by Flying Meat Software. 
This is a quick and dirty image editor with layers and a few other cool tricks. Tricks. Uh, it's twenty nine ninety nine at the Mac App Store now. Pixelmator is the exact same price, and it is a, a well, well more in depth kind of program. But sometimes I just want to do a couple of easy things and not have to dig through layers of complexity. Uh, yeah, I've I've tested Acorn, but I I have Pixelmator, and so that's always my go to. But they're I'm with you on that. There are times when I don't like having to think and I just want to do. Yeah. And Acorn, Acorn, <laughs> Acorn is, is the imaging editing software uh, for the brainless as recommended by Guy Searle of the MyMac.com podcast. So, <laughs> so what do you got for, what do you got for us this week, Dave? I have, uh, it, it, I thought of it as I was waking up this morning because, uh, as most of us do, I charge my iOS devices, and of course now my watch, uh, next to my bed. And the problem that always happens is cables, you know, when I wake up, it's easy. I unplug the device. But when I'm going to sleep, I sometimes have to like dig around on the floor to find the right cable. Well, a few years ago, I, maybe maybe it was only one year ago, I got a thing called the MOS, which is the, um, it, it, I don't, actually, I don't know what MO, Magnetic Organizer System. It, it's a very simple thing, and you can get it at MOSorganizer.com. It's a little uh, triangular-shaped pad that sits on your nightstand, and then it has these little um, clips. Like grooves? Just, no, no grooves. That's the best part about this. So it's lit, it's this smooth triangular thing that sits on your nightstand. It actually kind of looks nice. And you can get it in white, black, or or like a aluminum kind of, you know, silver looking thing. And what? not and then, space gray? No. Well, maybe space gray. I don't know. I don't have the aluminum. I have the white. <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, and the white one's only like twenty bucks. So and the aluminum is more double that because they want money, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it costs more to make. <laughs> uh, but it comes it comes with it is a magnetic surface, and it comes with these little um, plastic tabs that you kind of put around your cable. It doesn't do anything to your cable. You can take them off. They're sort of actually they're not plastic. They're rubber, but they have a little magnet in them. And so you put the magnet far enough down. You put the little rubber magnet tab far enough down on your cable that when the, what I do is I unplug from you know my iPhone in the morning like I did today, and then I I just sort of drape the the cable over this this triangular thing, the MOS organizer, and the magnet, the little tabs, you know, magnetically it, it attracts to the 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 organizer the thing. Right. Yep. No, it's not even a clip. That's the beauty is you just sort of drag it across it, and boom, the magnet sticks. And it stays there. And then when I go to sleep tonight, it's right where I want it to be on my nightstand. And I don't have to think about it. And I don't have to dig. And it's all right there. And the cool part is you can put different colored tabs on different cables. So if, like me, whatever you're using to actually plug into the wall, one of them is a a 2-amp connector or 2.1-amp power supply. And the other is not because I don't have, you know, I, I just have like old stuff. I... I know that for my iPad, I want to use the one with the black tab because that's the one that's plugged into the two amp connector. And I don't have to stop and think about these things. I just can do it. So that's my, that's my pick. MOSorganizer.com, 20 bucks for the white or black and, and then uh, another 20 on top of that if you want the aluminum. 
That is way cool. I am a big fan of things that, uh, that help me not think. That's it. It's, it's totally, it's exactly in the, in the vein of, of our picks for today. That's right. Yep. <laughs> uh, if, if, you know, something that you can all do that will really, really help out the show is iTunes reviews. And if you do an iTunes review, I will send you something that is just amazing. And it's called a Wooty. And that is spelled big W, big O, big O, big T, little I, little E. And it is my way of saying thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time out of your life to do an iTunes review for the MyMac.com podcast. As a matter of fact, Dave, uh, you will be getting a Wooty for uh, co-hosting the show with me this week. Well, I, I look forward to what that feels like. It, it, it will change your life. I, you, I have no you will doubt. Act, you will act like an entirely different person. And you know, <laughs> whether that's a good thing or not, I guess kind of right. depends on what kind of person you were before you got the stupid <laughs> little PDF that I call a Woody. And the medication. And the medication. Yeah. Oh, well, the medication uh, kind of goes along with it, but it is, it, that's voluntary. That's voluntary. <laughs> voluntary. Can't, voluntary. Right. Uh, if you do an iTunes review, remember that comment cast is now really no longer working the way it used to. And I may or may not be able to see the, uh, the review that you have done. So if you do do a review review over at iTunes, send me an email to guy, G-U-Y, at mymac.com. Uh, I can also be reached on the Twitters, and my Twitter handle is MacParrot. Dave probably doesn't remember to do this, so ah, that, that's a really bad parrot imitation. <laughs> awesome. Uh, if you would like to contact Gaz, he is Gaz at mymac.com, G-A-Z. Uh, he is also on the Twitters as Gazmaz, G-A-Z-M-A-Z. We have a combined Twitter account, which is Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. If you would like to contact fearless leader Tim Robertson and once again remind him what a terrible, terrible mistake he, had, he has done in turning this once fine, proud podcast over to two complete nitwit, nitwits like uh, Gaz and myself, you would send that to feedback at mymac.com. And Dave, did you know there is actually one other way that people can contact us? There is? There My is. My goodness. I know. I, it, I, it's insane. Uh, and that's, uh, you can call us on our Skype number. If you're outside of the United States, Put in either a one or a plus one, depending on what country you live in. The area code is 703-436-9501. The number that you all manage to avoid and ignore week after week. But we do have that available for you. Now, Dave. Yeah. If people wanted to contact you and go, what the hell were you thinking? about coming on this podcast, how would they do that? Twitter is probably the easiest way. I am at Dave Hamilton on Twitter, but, uh, but if you want to send me a personal email, there's nothing wrong with that. Dave at MacObserver.com always gets to me, and it would be a pleasure to hear from all of you. All of you. <laughs> yeah, at, at least two people. Except um, you, sir. Yeah, That's well, right. yeah, I imagine you've had about enough of me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, for people, if I haven't mentioned it enough, Dave is also 
one of the amazing co-hosts along with John F. Braun and occasionally Pilot Pete of the Mac Geek Gab, which can be found at, uh, uh, well, the MacObserver.com. You can find links to it there. And I think you guys Actually, have Mac, a separate- MacGeekGab.com will just get you there. That's the okay. way to get there. Okay. Yeah. And that is, that is an amazing podcast. You guys have been on, actually we are so close in numbering because we're at 568 and I think you guys are at like 564, 563. Yeah. No, tomorrow we will record 564 if, uh, if memory serves me correctly, which, which it does. Yeah. 564. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, both of these podcasts have been on for a long time. Uh, theirs is good. This one, meh, okay. Uh, I love this show. Yeah, I yeah. never listen to this show. <laughs> I still use that. I use, and the one, uh, right. do you remember the one that John did for me? Yes, I do. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That there's no terminal command that'll stop Gaz and me from recording, but there should be. That's, but there should be. There should be. So um, I would like to thank every single one of you so very, very much for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. It is greatly appreciated. And uh, now that you've downloaded it, you may as well listen to it as well. You know, it, it, one kind of follows the other. And Dave, thank you so very much for being on this week. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm glad this worked out. This is a total blast. Yeah. And you know, Dave, with all that in mind, and after recording with you, uh, according to GarageBand here for nearly an hour and 40 minutes, I think, now this is just me, I think that we're good enough, smart enough, and doc, God, it, people just like us. This is the part where you read the silly language under that. The Mac Geek Cab and Dave Hamilton da Costa Ralitza, my Mac podcast to Austin Honiton, Zergai di Tuaren, Gainen Zila, Latinza Isanic Zion Zantala, Izan Zuen, How Bezalako Galdetsen Diod near Burari? Basking in the glory of the My Mac podcast, or not. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can find lots of other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like Four Pigs, The Bell Tolls, Geekiest Show Ever, International Film Club, Let's Talk Podcasts, The Casual Heroes Podcasts, Tech Fan, The Deeper Look, The Mac Gist, Nintendo Club Podcast, and Three Geeky Ladies. And that's it. Awesome. That was fun, man. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Dave. This My is pleasure. probably Thanks for having me. This is this is like one of the longest ones I've recorded in a while. Well, look at who you've got here. I mean, it's the two that's of us. True. We that's true. We just can't true. shut up. Yeah. Well, and, and part of it as well is because there's like the the depending on what time of year it is, the four or five hour time difference between oh, yeah. Gaz and me, it yep. is like so much more later for him. So by the time right. we get to like this part in the show, he's like, oh, I'm so tired or it's time for dinner or, you know, sure. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm basically going, well, I, it's lunchtime for me. So yeah, I'm getting up. That's right. Uh, yep. I'm going, I'm going to the pool. <laughs> anyway, um, if for whatever reason you, you know, need someone to come on your show, just let me know. I'm almost always available on weekends and yep. at nights and, you know, other 
sad, sad moments of my life where I have nothing else going on. No, you would, you would be a great uh, fill-in co-host, I think, on, on Mac Geekab. That would be a blast. So. It, it would have to be the simple Mac Geekab. Oh, we'd get there. It would, yeah. be, it, would be, it would be better than you would think, I think. Well, I am very good at improvising. Even if I, I don't, even if I don't know what the hell it is I'm talking about. No, and you catch references, and there's actually, you know, there's there's that part of it that's really fun. So no, it would be good. Because because that's what we do. Yeah, I was thinking about it as I, uh, you know, as I was walking back up the stairs here. Um, it would be a funny soundbite in some interview somewhere when someone asked me, "Tell me, tell tell me something that the Mackie Keb listeners don't know," and and it, the answer now is that after 10 years of podcasting, our listeners have no idea how much we say the word. (laughs) (laughs) And who goes through the entire show and edits all that out? No one. No, we just, there's no, there's rarely an edit. I can probably count on, you know, two hands and two feet and probably even just two hands, the number of post-processing edits I've ever done to Matt Keekab. Okay. Yeah. No, we just we just turn it off in our brains when we start recording. Pilot Pete is the worst offender. Um, well, fact, ha- the having having, the having now met him, I can understand. Well, he's a right. pilot, though. He's a pilot. Yeah, we were watching. This was probably five years ago. Um, we were watching some movie with the kids, and there was one character that was swearing a lot. And my daughter turned to me. And she's like, "You think that guy's a pilot?" <laughs> <laughs> She knew she was being ironic, you know. I mean, she she knew exactly yeah. what she was saying at whatever eight years old or whatever it was. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, I'm you know having having now met Pilot Pete because I mean I I've met you and John sure ca- countless times over the years. Sure, um, he seems like a really great guy, and he even is. even the guy that he brought to Barry's house, uh, Pilot Barry, I guess Pilot Barry, yeah, Pilot Barry, uh, he seemed like a real nice guy too. And he, I, I don't know it, yeah. if you listen. Did you listen back to uh, the one that we did at Barry's house? No, and I want to because I know Pete's conversation there was killer, and I was I I just couldn't hang around to hear it all. But yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, not only that, but I also included that entire bit where Gaz and I basically just walked out of the house. Right, right. And it was you and Allison and. Um, uh, who else was there was like a, a rotate and Barry yeah, for a Pete, while. Pete was there for a little bit. I think Don McAllister sat down for a little bit. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. thought that was so great. It was like, you know what? Okay. You guys want the microphone? Take it. Take it. Yeah. 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 I trust not a you. Problem. Yeah. Or not. not a problem. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, trust is such a big word. It is a big word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause what, after I record the show, uh, the the weird thing is the stuff between hey welcome back and and we'll be right back hardly ever gets edited. Okay, got it. Because sure. at, at, because at that point in post, all I'm doing is I'm putting some outro music, an ad, a bumper, intro music, and then right into the next section. Sure. The part that gets really really carefully edited is the after show stuff because well, you know like you it's so we. Loose. Yeah, we have a tendency to say, you know, and things along the lines of, well, you know, I would record with with Joe Bloggs, but I think Joe Bloggs is an. But 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 except he's a 